This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, President Trump, the first Republican ever to be impeached, was acquitted along strict party lines except for Republican Senator Mitt Romney voted to impeach him on the abuse of power. Hold on, hold on. Bravely voted. (laughs) Courageously. Yes. There was a a lack of moral courage among Republicans, (laughs) apparently. We would have had to have been like 20 Republicans to turn coat, which might have happened if only they had heard trial witnesses. I didn't... The one, the only thing that, first of all, Romney's statement was ridiculous. He said, this was the most destructive attack on the oath of office and the Constitution I could imagine. That doesn't have a very good imagination. (laughs) No, and or even a reading of history where worse things have happened and not been impeached about. But the one thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way on all of this is Justin Amash was a congressman. Judge Napolitano is not a senator either. These are not people in the Senate, but they're both outspoken libertarians who have had Amash more than Napolitano. My, like, 100% seal of approval. Never heard them say anything wrong. Napolitano, not so much, but Amash for sure. But Amash broke uh, over the impeachment, actually left the Republican Party, was in favor of impeachment, and Judge Napolitano wrote a couple of scathing articles or had wrote a scathing op-ed and was did some interviews where he said he thought it was a travesty against the Constitution for them to acquit Trump without having a trial with witnesses and all that. Now, Napolitano knows his laws. I think he, if there's ever something on the borderline, he will. He Lately, I've noticed that he does make kind of a surprising assessment that makes libertarians look like liberals. It just discredits libertarians among Republicans, and that bothers me. And what he said is that uh, he, my problem is, first of all, what he said was that anybody who looked at the evidence, who heard this stuff, knows that what Trump did was wrong and all of that. When yesterday we brought up that Trump himself was responsible for wanting to delay aid or withdraw support from Ukraine in 2016 at the Republican National Convention before he was even the nominee or just when he became the nominee. so That answers say, the question to me right there. So I think so, too, and there's so much other uh, – the other stuff answers the question, too. There's so much more to it, and a real trial of everything, starting with Joe Biden, I think would have revealed it all. But for Napolitano to make this decision on this uh, one-sided presentation of the facts as if that was the truth, that surprised me. And this is not like there isn't a robust body of law and procedures surrounding impeachments. They're they're, uh, uh, twice in a a century event, generally speaking, and so far that's been true. So for him to say, I see it as more like a motion to dismiss or like if you had if a prosecutor they they didn't actually have the a motion to dismiss but if you had a prosecutor present a case and you as the defense you could rest immediately so it's actually it was actually an act of confidence on the part of the defense to not call witnesses it would have never gone to trial if this were a real court 
So I agree with what you're saying that it would have it wouldn't have risen to. I that. mean, they say that you can get an indictment from, uh, you know, grand jury indictment from a ham sandwich. Yeah, so it yeah. might, you know, it might uh, go to yeah, court. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying that if you take the if he was on trial, so the the defense resting. You know what I mean? Like whatever. I guess that what he's saying is that the Republicans are not the defense. Yeah. But it but it doesn't what I'm saying is the case was supposed to have been made by the investigators in the house who would present the prosecution's case. If the case did not stand or fall on its own, I don't think it was the Senate's responsibility to continue to make the prosecutor's case regardless of whether it was Republicans or Democrats. I feel that it's almost like they were the grand jury and they let it fail. Yeah, and they will keep investigating it. They'll keep dragging it out well, in the House of Representatives. And you saw something that no, Napolitano no, said, is that right? Yes, he said this could be Groundhog Day, where they could actually impeach him again on all of the same charges. And, and new that, ones. And that it would never... He was talking about specifically this, though, because there's no double jeopardy attaching. Oh. Because it's not like a criminal thing. Okay. And then he highlighted Bolton's book as being additional evidence that might <laughs> resuscitate this case and those 24 redacted or suppressed emails from the Department of Justice supposedly illuminate what was really going on behind the scenes. But again, my big thing is you're not ever going to get a fair two-sided investigation of any of these issues. Yeah. So you might as well put an end to it before it gets even more lopsided or even flips in that. You just can't trust them to really ever find the truth. And it doesn't matter what any of that stuff says. If what you said is true and that that came from that article you read that he was already talking about I remember about that at the time, it. actually. I remember scratching my head over that at the time. Yes, so I believe it's true because I remember thinking, I too. why would anyone not press – because the Republicans and the Democrats both want war with Russia. They just both want war or whatever, increased spending, regardless of what their party says. So I just thought it was weird that he might pull back on Ukraine anything. I just thought it was weird. And I still don't know what it's about. I still don't know why he would do that. Yeah, I think— There has the, to be a reason. The elites over there in the UK need an investigation. Sir Andrew Wood in the Chatham House, I think, investigating them might uncover a little bit of connections as well. Yeah, but why might Trump not want to press ahead with Ukraine, like unrelated to Biden? Maybe he genuinely thinks that they were involved in the 2016 style. I, I, I don't. I mean, that's, I'm that's not one the, of the uh, what I, you see is what you get. Yeah, I gal. know. I, I'm not, but I'm saying that's the explanation that people are going to give. But yeah, I, no, other I than get that, that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there would be a reason. Of course, if he was sincere, then that would be the right thing to do. And it, it divide, yeah, right. And, but it yeah. also did serve to divide up the country, regardless of whether he believed it or not. So it played that role in, in, in creating the Russian demon. It furthered creating the Russian demon because this all goes back to Russia. Pelosi said it the other day. All roads yeah. lead back to Russia. It's possible that he was going to pull back on it one way or another to create the, the – like Edward Snowden. They're doing all this stuff, and it's illegal. Let's at least have a dialogue. So they had the dialogue, and then they passed the Freedom Act Freedom and Act, made it yeah. all legal. Yeah. So perhaps creating the dialogue – it actually did exactly what you said. So it's possible that it really was always meant to just do that, just to to make the issue ascend so it could be spun and put to bed 
in favor of what was on both people's agenda from the beginning. Yeah. Could be. And he gave a speech, which I caught part of, where oh, he yeah. was holding up the newspaper. It was such a long speech. It said, what did it say, acquitted on the newspaper or something like that? Mm-hmm. Holding it up triumphantly, and he kind of started tearing into him. First time I'd ever heard bullshit. It was all bullshit on WSB because I was listening to the radio. And you're right, that vulgarity is out there still. I absolutely hate it. I cannot stand it. Yeah, I know. It makes, and us, I'm makes such you a not want to use. Yeah, me too. Makes you not want to be vulgar. I know, but I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I just but can't. I hate it. Trump said something. Now, maybe he's a listener to the show. I don't know. Maybe one of his aides is. But we've been talking about for over a month now, maybe longer, about how Adam Schiff is an amateur wannabe scriptwriter. You you got all that, yeah. Amateur stand-up comic. He does stand-up comedy at the DNC. Fundraising events that probably results in less money being raised, I would guess. But Trump, during his (laughs) speech today, started talking about Adam Schiff's a failed screenwriter. He's a wannabe screenwriter. And I'm like, maybe he's listening. Maybe we're getting through. Where did you find that information? I can't remember. Was it one of your, like, deep dive research things? Or was it maybe set there as an Easter egg? I think that I did a dated search and found it, but it could have right, been okay. as an Easter egg. No, no, no. I wouldn't think a dated search would be. I'm Easter surprised egg. that the stand up comedy thing hasn't come up more. Like, that is something Trump could really rip I out. wonder if there's a video. I try, I've tried to find a video. I've been unable to. It's got to be far. somewhere. Yeah. It's on someone's phone. I know. Somewhere. Someone's got one somewhere. <laughs> if only yeah. with it, they still had. What was it? Netscape? What was the thing? Napster. Napster. Where you could, like, reach into somebody's phone and pull out. A song or a video that would have been great. Yeah, I would love to see. We that. could find that. You could find every video of every false flag that there ever was. Yeah. But instead, there's all suppression. So, <laughs> the so all of this is about how Trump was so afraid of Joe Biden, and by the contrary law of PR or of politics, Joe Biden should be the Democrat hero because he's the Trump victim. Yet he absolutely turfed it in Iowa. Yeah, uh, the results—they're still coming in, right? Hasn't Bernie I have caught some reason, up? I I have results that I—I I mean, who knows if they're official or not? But I mean, I, the latest reported results—I have them. Of course, as you know, Bernie Sanders declares himself the winner because he supposedly, Popular although vote. now I'm seeing that the final from these are all different sources. So the numbers are changing, but I think the most recent final score does have Bernie Sanders ahead of mayor Pete and the popular vote. Like you said yesterday, the final caucus vote that when you weight it by turnout, mayor Pete gets the most delegates and then, but the, but the order for after that is pretty much the same. It's Elizabeth Warren is third and Joe Biden is fourth. And then, Remember when I said people would move around after from the first to the second? The only people who lost votes from that were Yang and Steyer, like roughly. I'm just saying those are the guys who fed Elizabeth Warren getting more in the final round. Oh, really? You know, everybody kind of got more in the final round of the top three. So Yang and Steyer got redistributed to Mayor Pete, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren. So Joe Biden got no delegates. And I just want to say that Bernie Sanders came out and said, three days later, thank you. I saw from two days ago an article in the Washington Post 
making fun of Iowa from the 2012 Republican caucus where Mitt Romney was declared the winner. He went on to win New Hampshire, which is like a twofer that's considered a, a sure thing for the nomination, only later to be dethroned by a recount that identified Rick Santorum as the winner. All right, so that was in the Washington Post. Really? But, but there's more. Go to the Business Insider from June Six months later and two months before the Republican National Convention, but after all the, I think after every single primary by June, certainly anything that counts. And you know who actually won? A person whose name wasn't even in the Washington Post article from two days ago, who won the Iowa caucus in 2012. Who? Ron Paul. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was, there's a funny video, I think it's about that, of John Stewart. Showing like one of those Conan O'Brien montages where they ignore of, Ron Paul. Yes, like he shows. Uh, I, like, I've seen that. Now that you've you say seen that, that for I have sure, seen that, yeah. you've seen that for sure. But it's but even at that point, I mean, I always wondered why that got so much play, and uh, John Stewart did that. And I believe I'd have to go back and watch that, but I don't think it ever shows Ron Paul as winning. I think it huh. only ever shows Ron Paul as being second. I guess I was not as important third. as they say then. So, like, the first one said Mitt, Santorum, Ron Paul. The second one said Santorum, Mitt, Ron Paul. Yeah. Did they but, have an egg as Ron Paul's picture? Like like people on Twitter who are anonymous, they don't want yes, to show their uh, face? No, so. but they might as well have just, like, a black silhouette. Yeah. Of, anyway, so Ron Paul actually won that. And this is why I say about, like, the Trump thing. Oh, yeah, you know, Zucker, CNN, so afraid of Trump. Like, they talked about Trump something like five times more than any other Republican candidate from the beginning of his, from 2015 when he called it on the Steinle thing, when he said immigrants are rapists and murderers or whatever. And like a week later, Kate Steinle was, that was an absolutely untrue story, but it supported his thing. Uh, and then Which we have an episode where you go deep on that. Oh, yeah, probably several. That was one of the ones that I really absolutely nailed. There have been a few, and that was one of them. Yeah, I'll link that. Lori Loughlin is another one. I'm right about Bill Cosby, but he'll never get out of jail. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Ukraine. I always did the – was went way deep on Ukraine right away. The MH370 was another one. But, um, yeah, this was one of those, and I knew that he was being supported, and and only because when you're a Ron Paul supporter, you understand – what it takes to kill a candidate that people could really get behind, and that is to completely ignore them. That's it. It's the only way. Completely ignore them or ask them ridiculous questions when you have them on air. I remember seeing a video, I think it was with Martha McCallum. Is that the hashtag me too? I think so. It was with her, and she was interviewing Ron Paul. This is back in... I think 2012, maybe, maybe before then, but she asked him a question. She, she starts the interview off, I think by going, so there is a supporter of yours going around Texas saying that you had a sexual relationship with Rick Santorum. Do you care to comment? And he, and, and he started laughing and he goes, and she goes, well, would you care to address this supporter personally and tell them to stop doing that it's just what kind of question is that there's going to be crazy people doing stuff like that for every candidate and if you have to stop and address every single one of them it lends validity to it but he just started laughing and then eventually just you know 
commented well, on how ridiculous it is. It's like when trolls call my show. Yeah. You can't really beat the guy who's just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody has nothing but like, oh, well, whatever. Like somebody who's really, you can't trip somebody up when they're not lying all the time. So for me to ask, to do those set up questions, a lot of times helps him. But he, they also had a lot of, they would play a lot of the race and anti-Semite stuff with him too. Yeah. Like the way they do with Trump. But with Trump, it's supported by all this, online you know fake organizations like it's just that's a whole nother can of worms but i just feel like ron paul you you, the media bad there is no such thing as bad pr ron paul he's got no pr and and even now in the reporting on iowa the democrat national committee wants a re-canvassing in iowa but even with all that and all the reports of how Iowa screwed up and they want to um change iowa altogether they still won't talk about the real travesty, which was Ron Paul won in 2012, and he lost momentum because they lied. Well, I guess that's good news for everybody who didn't win Iowa this time. That <laughs> still be, there well, is more news coming out about maybe. Iowa just recently. In fact, they have a scapegoat that they're now blaming, and it, surprisingly, it was Trump supporters' fault. This really? is a story that just broke a little while ago. It says Trump supporters hacked the Iowa caucus results by clogging up the phone lines. President Trump's supporters flooded the hotlines used in Iowa by the precinct chairs, which they were going to use to report the caucus results since the app didn't work. The number was apparently published when somebody took a photo of their caucus thing, and I guess a bunch of Trump supporters got it. And so they called in. They flooded the lines to express their disdain or their unhappiness with the Democrat Party, and that is what caused all the major delays. It's Trump's fault. It's his I bet they fault. did do that, though. Maybe. Don't you think? You know what news organization is reporting this story? No. Bloomberg. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the trielectic. He's going after his Because pred- I feel yeah. like they, they put the number out there to get Trump trolls to do that yeah. so that they could talk about it. And now we can talk about how Bloomberg is the one, you know, the Trump Trump people can then turn it around on Bloomberg. So the whole thing but, just yeah, never ends. Because Bloomberg never ends cycle of contentless. They came out and said they will not <laughs> criticize any Democratic opponent of Bloomberg. So they've said they will only criticize Trump. They made an official right. statement about that. And another thing that came out, which we talked about yesterday, was now they're saying that the Iowa caucus app was vulnerable to hacking and there was not good security measures. They're not saying that it was hacked, but they're saying the vulnerability the vulnerability was there. And this is exactly what I said yesterday would happen in, in the fallout. They're going to say that it was security problems. They're seeding, further seeding in the public all the security problems this new smart technology has so that it's believable, justifiable, and quite frankly, so that we accept them. Accept the problems? Accept the security flaws because we're not going to give up the convenience of the smart technology. So they're just showing how flawed all this technology is. It's going to get. Yeah, to the point I, where it's I agree like, with eh. you. It's a setup that they're setting it up for when we have the election failure. You can yeah. blame it on more than one things. This is probably a trial run of that. Of yeah. course, they're multitasking to destroy the caucus system. No doubt about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, 
for sure, I believe this is part of the 2020 election crisis. Yeah. We should coin that. 2020 election crisis. Cri- 2020. <laughs> All right. That's funny. Uh, okay. So speaking of crisis 2020, the, the coronavirus. coronavirus. There's definitely – there's a lot of developments about the coronavirus. I had promised you before the show that I was going to read to you. The World Economic Forum released a statement about their pandemic exercise after some people had some questions about it. And they said – this is the John Hopkins Center. Should we recap what that – what it oh, was? Oh, gosh, yeah. Good good thing. Yeah, just <laughs> – I, and I, I – there was a – I found an article that just had a couple of points about the parallels. You fo- you found this. That was amazing. I did not see this anywhere. But the World Economic Forum, which is the Davos guys, in October – together with Bill Gates and a bunch of other people in October did a live simulation, they called it, of a coronavirus that hit global proportions and had an impact on everything from systems to the overall global economy. And I saw in an article on futurism.com that the parallels were pretty uncanny. It was a coronavirus, not just any virus, a coronavirus. It started with pigs in Brazil, the way the Chinese virus started with animals in the market, farmer's market. It spread around the globe in six months. It sparked a global financial crisis. We've had news about that ever since this began about the threats of the global economy. Yeah, those were all talking points. I watched yeah. one of the videos, yeah. And it was meant to expose gaps in the system, which apparently this is absolutely doing. Absolutely. And so, so what did they have to say? They said, this is the World Economic Forum. J- the John Hopkins Center for Health and Security hosted a pandemic tabletop, tabletop exercise called Event 201 back in October of 2019, with the partners of the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Recently, they have received questions about whether the pandemic exercise predicted the current novel coronavirus outbreak in China. To be clear, the Center for Health Security and its partners did not make a prediction during our exercise. For that scenario, we simply modeled a fictional coronavirus pandemic and response challenges that would likely arise in a very severe pandemic. We are not now predicting that the this this strand of the coronavirus. We are not predicting that an outbreak will kill sixty five million people. Um, that's not funny. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Although our tabletop exercise included a mock novel coronavirus, the inputs we use for modeling the potential impact of the fictional virus are not similar to the oh, current virus. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your t- your thunder, but they are actually similar. <laughs> they are kind of the same. They are similar. They are. They're not. The it exact, was. Un- but- I mean, the article was. It's uncanny how these guys nailed it. Yeah, and you watch some of these videos, and there's a lot of them. They have these fake newscasts that sound exactly like what we're seeing on TV. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll tell you what is absolutely uncanny. I mean, shockingly uncanny. And you've been looking into this, and you didn't even stumble upon this. But I always look for the agenda. So there was, when I saw reference to the coronavirus simulation coming out of the World Economic Forum as having seven policy and action items that it wanted to promote. So I went to read those and one after another, you can just see the groundwork for each and every one of them being laid by the way the media and governments and everything are handling 
this crisis across borders with businesses. I, I kind of torn between rattling off the seven items and just uh, I'm going to rattle off the seven items as fast as I can without slurring. <laughs> and then I'm just going to tell you the five items that like recur throughout. It's governments and businesses need agreements in place to coordinate logistics, social media and distribution systems. That's one. Industry, Is that national government. Again? Sorry. I know it's it's hard to okay. Bunch of everybody. Let's just say governments, businesses, NGOs, all institutions in the private and the public. So that's what the World Economic Forum does. Yeah. It's fascism. It wants everything to be together, and it's telling our business leaders and our stakeholders and our shareholders to all get together, get in line, and read off the same page. Now I hate this because you vote for these politicians who betray you. And at the very least, in order to participate as labor in capitalism, you buy some shares in in whatever, PG&E. Inevitably, what the World Economic Forum wants to do and is happening, they hijack those dollars of yours to promote these political agendas that you have no say in. It's straight out of the crisis in democracy. It's eliminating your transparency, their accountability, your um, influence on this, but it's taking all of your surplus wealth and your electoral power towards an agenda that is not debated. So they are calling on governments, international organizations, businesses, um, business leaders, citizens, civil society, all of that to do, including traditional and social media companies, to do a few things. That makes it a lot easier. And that's, that's been going on. Yes. So what they want is to coordinate logistics, social media and distribution systems in response to a pandemic. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to keep taking them off. Yeah. It's logistics, social media and distribution systems. Okay. What, what does that mean? Okay. You want to enhance stockpiles of vaccines and experimental vaccines It commit donating them from richer countries to poorer countries and commit to increase funding to stockpile vaccines, including experimental vaccines and to pull back on or get ways around regulatory and liability limitations on using those rapidly across the entire population. Wow. So think about that. You get a scare like this, you're stockpiling experimental vaccines, you're eliminating liability and regulatory barriers to pushing that out. So you don't know what it's going to do and you're giving it to everyone and there's no recourse. I am reading the book on AIDS, mm -hmm. on inventing the AIDS virus by Duesberg, which uh, tweet Johnny gave me. It's unbelievably fantastic. I'm not going to get into it right now, but you don't want there's something called a IO, I, iatogenic or something diseases where the cure actually causes the disease, like AZT yeah. is what my brother died of. So you can't. This is terrible and limiting liability for this stuff. Vaccine companies should not have limited liability. Absolutely but, not, and they do. And doing this in China because China has less regulatory bar barriers in place anyway yeah, enables them to yeah. let it fly and kind of do some test runs. Good point. They this one was really uncanny. They said uh, all those people, including global transportation companies, should coordinate to keep travel and trade going by examining and preparing travel advisories, export and import restrictions, and border measures, with an eye towards not going overboard so that it actually disrupts financial flows and trade. So if you have to get hazmat uniforms in there or whatever, we need to make sure we can get trade through even though there's a pandemic. And this, I just read about Long Beach and L.A. ports, 
that they 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 might it might affect global trade because those cargo ships have to be stalled and quarantined and everything. Yeah. It takes two weeks for the virus to pop up. It takes two to four weeks for a ship to get here from China. There's so 7,000 you- people quarantined at sea right now. I'm that doesn't that seems okay to me, but the cargo ships, every single person on that cargo ship has already gone through the incubation period. So you just have to go on there and see if they're sick. You don't have to quarantine. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes no sense because the incubation period is over, but they're saying that it's going to interrupt trade flows. So I'm saying it shouldn't, but it is. Yeah. So that seems like a test, a coordinated whatever yeah. of how to push that through it could affect it because china shut down so much of their business that's another thing it says is that the factory that you have to uh that global businesses need to recognize the businessmen business people and shareholders need to recognize and they don't but they should how workforce health uh, business operations, movements of goods, closing down retail-facing operations, all of that stuff can affect their bottom line in a pandemic. So they need to lobby and advocate for these advanced systems to be put in place by governments to allocate money and everything to do this stuff that they're saying. It says um, they need to – the government needs to invest more in research and support for – uh, development and mass manufacture of vaccines. And again, they mention the legal and regulatory barriers and they want population level supplies. So like 7 billion vaccines Wow! and without regulatory barriers. So uh, global banking needs to put funds available so that they're flexible and unfettered which this is why you cannot stop someone from taking money directly out of your bank account, by the way. Anyone you've ever written a check to has the information they need, and banks are never allowed to say no to anyone who asks to take money out of your bank account directly. It's mind-boggling. I've tried to say it before. People don't understand it. The IRS did it to me. My babysitter did it to me. The health club did it to me. It's messed up, and I think this is going to promote that more. And then finally— This is the big one added to the list of everything else that requires media suppression and censorship. It says uh, they need governments and private sector need to combat mis and disinfo by making sure that media can be, quote, flooded with fast, accurate and consistent information. And public health authorities and the private should uh, get together with community leaders such as faith leaders to – increase the dissemination of factual information and suppress unfactual information. Now, the fact that AIDS is not caused by a virus is information that's suppressed. And that's a problem because then they still get these medicines that kill people. Yeah. So this idea that their authoritative information is the only thing that's true, the only thing that should get out there is a disaster. You absolutely need debate about this stuff. You need people to make their own decisions. And this is all about getting everybody to do drugs and prepare for drugs and accept quarantines and uh, controls, border yeah. controls. It This thing is really a can of worms. I'm going to give you, you a bunch for, of coronavirus stuff it open. too. But I want to give you two quick ones. I'm done. And so we can get to the rest take your time. tomorrow. Are we out of time? No way. Oh, uh, we're over. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's all right. No, that's all right. Wuhan today 
have been told to round up infected residents for mass quarantine camps. And a, a Chinese official ordered the authorities in the city of Wuhan to immediately round up all residents who have been infected with the coronavirus and place them in isolation, quarantine, or designated hospitals. And he went on to say that the investigators should go to each home to check the temperature of every resident and interview in Affected patients' close contacts, and then he said, we're going to set up a 24-hour duty system. During these wartime conditions, there must be no deserters, or they will be nailed to the pillar of historical shame forever. Wow. This and, will come yeah. to the United States as people come over here. And wait until the person who takes your temperature is a drone. Just knocks on your door. Remember FEMA Knocks camps? On your window. Huh? Remember FEMA camps and the Jesse Ventura conspiracy and Alex Jones, the FEMA camps are gonna put us in FEMA camps. Yeah. This sounds like FEMA camps is what this yeah, sounds like. Yeah, there was a black mirror about little insect drones. There's Yes, I remember that one. Yeah, and there and the minority report where the spider comes and looks at your retina, why not look at your throat? One to see, more for wow, you. Wow, that's crazy. Along that. Hong um, Kong, and I'm actually interested how this is going to affect Hong Kong's relationship with China because Hong Kong is right now, their health workers are striking because they want the border between Hong Kong and China closed. Meanwhile, the head of Hong Kong is saying, no, I will not do that. The one that was having the conflict, I can't remember her name, and I will only do it if wow. the UN forces me to do it. So the, the health care workers in Hong Kong are striking right now. So we have another protest arising. Maybe That's this is so how China takes over Hong because, Kong. Because, yeah, I mean, China and Hong Kong were kind of on the verge of merging, in my opinion, because yeah. of these protests. And now now the people in Hong Kong who weren't for the protests, just ordinary people, this being scared of a disease with all the surgical masks, masks and you said like all these sanctuary city people's being like, oh, forget it. Forget about all that. Like, you know, check their race at the door. Yeah, you know, right, yeah. like everybody, people just when it comes to their own health or their kids or whatever, they just like lose their minds. Yeah, so absolutely. I could see how that could really bring people uh, uh, across the border. This thing is here's what crazy. they're doing in Hong Kong. It's my final thing. The government in Hong Kong has unveiled new electronic tags for people under Wuhan coronavirus home quarantine. So they've got 500 electronic monitoring tags that they've put on people that they have to wear for 14 days after they've – if they've been in one of the infected regions. And if the person wearing the tag, if they unplug it or if they break it or if they go outside the radius zone, then – it sends an alert to police, and the authorities will come, and they will face six months in jail. Under five- health arrest. Yeah. So that, that is – these, these that lockdown too. measures worldwide is something to look out for because we're quarantining people over here too. Not like this, but we are definitely doing it over here. This, there's something going on for sure with this coronavirus more than meets the eye, as most of the news is. I'm blown away though by this. That was that was a uh, a world class find on your part. I got to get into those videos. There's so many of them. It's going to be interesting. Ooh. Just watch the news. <laughs>
You get right. live. Yeah, it's I mean, they, you don't call it a live simulation if it's just a simulation. Yeah, yeah. They called it a live simulation. What do you think that means? Speaking of predicting, I believe that Homeland Season 8 starts tonight. So if you want to know what's going to be in the news in the coming weeks, maybe a coronavirus outbreak is going to happen on Homeland. Who knows? Well, we're going to count on you to bring that to us. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with a Propaganda Report podcast feed. Tell a friend about the podcast if you want. Send it to a friend. Tweet him. Tweet at Freedom Act Radio at the Monica Press Show if you want. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.